<laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I got, I messed that up. Hold on. Here we go. I got to fix this. How dare you? Welcome to a surprise Christmas episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... It's still Christmas, Tyler Hyman. It's still Christmas! <laughs> it's always Christmas in our hearts. Ah, yes. Christmas forever. We are back this week talking about the very festive, look who's talking now, the final film in the Look Who's Talking trilogy. And, for now. Uh, yeah, for now. <laughs> and uh, we've got a really special guest with us. Uh, Megan Goldstein is back. Woo! Yeah. Oh, hi. Huzzah. What up, Megan? Thanks for being here. Of course. Hello. Hi. Happy to share my uh, parenting expertise. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're we now brought- the three timers club, so I'm going to start sewing <laughs> your smoking jacket now yeah, for the right. time. <laughs> yeah. We brought Megan on specifically because she has a cat, and that uh, is very uh, <laughs> <laughs> not relevant for this episode. <laughs> um, because she also noticed that John Travolta looked a little haggard in this movie. <laughs> running around the house with the stationary charge on the hallway i was like how many kids do they have in this movie like i don't and then it turned out to be two and i was like is, is it i only have one child but like really like two kids like i don't two on two <laughs> oh man well uh before we dive too far in here uh Eliz, where can people reach out to us Yes, you should email us at sequelrights at gmail.com with your suggestions of where we should go next with these franchises. And you can also reach out to us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Sequel Rights. And please rate and view us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars goes a long way to having other people find us. And that's what we want. And we super appreciate it. That's right. All right. Well, let's uh, travel all the way back to 1993 for a holiday classic. Look who's talking now. This holiday season, things are not too merry for America's favorite family. Hello, honey. <laughs> Jingle Boy. It's pink today. That's festive. Mom's out of sorts. I was fired! Dad's overworked. I'm in London. I'm in San Francisco. We're in Dallas. And the kids. Mom, you need a dog. We've been through this a hundred times. Just aren't in the spirit. This mistakes. Wasn't there ever anything in the world that you wanted more than anything? I'll never have breasts! Okay. Now, the family that has everyone talking is going to the dogs. I got papers! Uh, Who cares? I go on papers! Let's move it. Move on this. Keith, get me out of here! (laughs) Look who's talking now. This is where we live. Oh my god. So, has anyone had anyone seen this movie beforehand? No. To the best of their knowledge. (laughs) <laughs> Megan, did you have any experience with this franchise? Had you seen the other two at all? I have, I, I have seen the first one, but it's been decade plus, and I didn't rewatch it. Fair enough. Um, Smart. So, yeah. I'm kidding. 
They had two kids. That's it. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's I'm I'm getting that from this. <laughs> I think I would have preferred if they like if this movie was like, oh, we randomly had twins and now we have four. Like, I feel like that would have been better. No, that would have been more fun and also would have been less upsetting than having the exact same opening title sequence, but with dog sperm. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Which as I was watching with Abby, I was just like, is this dog sperm? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of like, Oh, so that's how it works, which makes sense. But I hadn't ever thought about it before. I was like, Oh, multiple eggs. All right. Also. Yeah. Can't, uh, can't let the movie go by without our super rapey dog in there. (laughs) <laughs> All of the men are super aggressive. Yeah. God. <laughs> Why? Why is this dog talking like this? Well, because he's the penguin and he's a villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this it, is right after Batman Returns. It's funny. Uh, yeah. So I knew that this one had talking animals because uh, mm-hmm. it's obvious from the poster, but I had no idea it was a Christmas movie. <laughs> That was a super surprise. I was shocked. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, why did we do this in December? Yeah. I think if we had known that it was both a talking dog movie and a Christmas movie, we maybe wouldn't have picked it right after the Beethoven talking Christmas movie. (laughs) Yes. It's hard to imagine why this hasn't entered the canon of like, you know, the greatest children's Christmas movies of all time. Oh, except for that then all kids would be exposed to the whole Santa isn't real thing. Slightly like upsetting i know it's pg-13 but i was like what if my two-year-old like somehow like recognizes what's being said like is this bad yeah and also like it's one of those things where like the santa claus has messed with this there's some other things where it's like a kid has the false narrative that santa's real but at the end they find the real santa and i guess it kind of tries <laughs> CB to radio that, where it's just like oh listen to this old ham radio like what's that sleigh bells but it does not succeed in that at all <laughs> well no because you've gone way too far during the whole film with the kid thinking like it's like you've already exposed the narrative you can't undo it you yeah. know right <laughs> oh boy, it's not convincing movie. at the end of that <laughs> maybe that <No>. is Sam. <laughs> no <sighs> even though yeah yeah i don't know um it was there's, funny there's a lot about the climax of this movie that we can talk about but let's just talk talk about the setup yeah and also where we left them in the last movie because like didn't he already have a corporate jet pilot job mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. for some kind of like uh concierge you know airline yeah. thing but that seems like he's trying to get in house as like you know a dedicated pilot but apparently he was driving cat the cab in between yeah it seems like he had been fired and rehired several times i don't know the cab I mean, is I just playing catch up but is that a normal like like a pilot can't find any work and ends up as a cab driver like is that like a so the, in the first movie he was a cab driver who was doing like flight training so oh, that he could okay. become an, a commercial pilot and then the second film he got a job as a corporate private jet pilot. And then in this movie, he got the same job, but was also driving the cab. It's called character development. (laughs) It's called (laughs) character reduction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think the cab is just like their normal car. They don't have any other car. (laughs) I mean, in New York city. Sure. Why not? Yeah, I suppose. You could probably get away with some creative like parking problems yes. by driving a cab in New York. And get free Al- senior pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although they dress their child, their boy, as if he is a full blooded Canadian citizen. <laughs> <'Cause it's laughs> denim all the time. 
<laughs> well, it did shoot in Vancouver, right? Okay, yeah, these are all been in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. He is, yeah, he's a de- he's that's a Canadian boy. So they they tried a lot of stores, and that's all they could find. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Denim everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, Canadian listeners, it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, the villain, of it. the villain of our film is a obviously must be unfulfilled and lonely business lady who, uh, you know, because she's a successful business lady who has no children and family, she decides to throw herself at a like low level pilot slash cab driver schlub guy. Fairly late in the movie as well. Like, cause it seems like the, the fine for most of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Sitting on him from like the very beginning. Yeah. That's what but I got still, it's very strange that one of the dogs in this movie is not some dog that she bought for them, but her dog that she just gives them. Yeah, that she, she doesn't want it anymore. Yeah, and she it never asked no, for it back. No sense. Also, what is Diane Keaton doing in this movie as a dog's <laughs> voice? Did that like throw anybody out? Like my husband was like, "Wait, that's not Diane Keaton." <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it's Diane Keaton. He's like, "But." It didn't Wait, sound like her. Yeah. But why? Why? But why? <laughs> I mean, because her agent said that Bruce Willis did the voice in the last two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Roseanne did okay. the female voice in the last one. Well, at the time, that was a big deal. I hope that she had to audition with the um, uh, the mud monologue where she's talking Oh, about my God. <laughs> the mud between her fingers. <laughs> Her paws, I guess. Sorry, not fingers. There's <laughs> nothing more sensual than this filth. <laughs> was your guys' consensus of the first film upon, I assume you guys had taken a break from an initial viewing, say, as children. Did you feel like the first film was like kind of solid? Or or what is that like how it, it kind of has gone? I think we all gave it's it sevens. Di- yes. Seven. It's dated, but yeah, it's it's pretty unique in that field, especially from a female director and the late 80s. It was like a um, lot funnier too, yeah. and like they do a few of the dream sequences in these, but that one was like a lot of them. It was more like, uh, like just quick cutaways that she would be like, oh, like you know that she. Was they were more absurdist and they had more edge. Where mm-hmm. these cutaways and dream sequences were <laughs> insane. Uh, yes, I, I did. I did really love the frozen John Travolta one, though. <laughs> so I was like, did someone like build a wax version of him for that or what? Wax Travolta? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, this one did have a lot of weird, uh, a weird dream sequences. Lucid dreaming with a dance number. Yeah, I did like there was that one cool shot where she like walked out of her dream sequence into his. Uh-huh. I don't kind of like that. The frame like moved. Like yeah, it looked like she walked through the frame. That was kind of. You cool. know what's really funny is that for a commercial that uh, the company I work for was talking about, they were looking for references of split screens merging. Um, and I missed this one. Oh, but now I know it exists. <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, well, <laughs> the hidden gems you can find in the third. Look who's talking. <laughs> yeah. film. This this movie is apparently like well remembered by some subset of people that probably watched some particular cable channel in which it was on a lot. I don't know, but um, you know, Encore this, Two, and also it's the most recent. But it was really easy to find like the 
the two kids. I mean, obviously, David Gallagher is one of them, but the other girl. And there's way more articles about like what happened to the kids from Look Who's Talking Now, even more than the last two films. I guess maybe it's easier. Partially because it gets like some sort of play or in the past has gotten some sort of play because of the Christmas thing, though. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe it's just lower hanging fruit because one of them is was, you know, a big child star i guess anyways but. it's kind of so, weird right. watching it without knowing what it was though because the first christmasy scene it was like oh there's a christmas scene and then like two scenes later it's like oh like it's like christmas forever <laughs> i had that yeah. same i it had that is same christmas experience. forever in this movie <laughs> yeah. it seems like months are going by it's months yeah the timeline is so fucked up yeah there, there was like a yeah there's a very major mall santa scene and then i feel like 20 minutes goes by and there's no Christmas at all. And then suddenly like jingle bells comes on or something. And you're like, Oh shit. That, what? That's still Christmas. No, no, no. no. <laughs> 20 minutes later, she's putting the decorations on the tree. Yeah. I mean, and, maybe because, and, <laughs> and it's been like months. Like he's been trapped. Like she's like, Oh, like, well, like you've been gone for two weeks and it's like, you saw, you were already been fired, which we'll talk about. You got a job at a mall Santa. The kids have been there. It's been multiple weeks since then. And now you're just putting the Christmas decorations up. Well, we know uh, Christmas starts like, you know, October 31st now. <laughs> Or yeah, but maybe because she was working <laughs> oh, that, yeah, as an cool. elf, she was allowed to bring her kids to like the soft open in like <laughs> mid October where they were like practicing to get ready for Santa. That's that's gonna be my theory. They had to cut in line. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It it felt uh, long. <laughs> Christmas um, forever. Another thing that's like weirdly endured from this movie, which I didn't know about until looking into the actress, but the the. the gif of the little girl like scrunching up her face and shaking the hairbrush angrily is like a oft used reaction which I had no idea just for being mad right yeah I did think that the the kids were pretty cute in this movie so yeah she was was, Google angry hairbrush girl it was fun (laughs) yeah angry hairbrush girl that's funny you'll see it um which did not occur to me at all, but <laughs> anyway. Can we talk about the sequence where Rox leaps from a moving, uh, <laughs> I think it's a moped, but I guess it's a motorcycle, and uh, could have just been a cut, but they tried to make it as traumatic as possible, <laughs> where it's just like, we need to make sure that you know that this dog got fucked up when he jumped up. Uh, like the puppy <laughs> rolled around on the concrete? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also that in like a POV, like crazy gimbal shot. And it's just like, why is this happening? I got to say, I really hated the dog vision in this movie. It was yes. so disorienting every time it happened. It was. Uh, I. It just so, looked like that someone fucked up the film and it didn't look like it was actually supposed to be a good effect or something. It's them trying to do like the widest lens possible, but like it makes it flat. Like it makes it look like a 2D movie. I th- yeah, it felt like if I was seeing this in the theater, I might get a little sick watching those scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz there's such a stark contrast between like the regular looking scenes and these like yeah, fisheye lens scenes or whatever. It was it was it was gross. I didn't like it. Also for being a dog movie, it took a really long time for the dogs to be in the pic- to be in the movie. I yeah, right. I feel like that's a little bit how the last one was too. It was like, you know, it didn't focus as much on the kids as it does the parents. And then the dogs, yeah, they the same in this one where it's like the dogs seem like the B plot. I was going to Sep- respond to you and saying, well, I mean, I guess you have to like favor 
your stars. Like you have to favor the names in the movie, but then I'm like, you still, you did have Diane Keaton and Diane DeVito as the. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like they got them after the movie had been completely edited. And they're just like, hey, Diane Keaton, like, how would you like to make $10,000 for 12 hours of work? We kind of have a loser film here, so we need the biggest names possible to try and save it. (laughs) Yeah. And Danny DeVito was just like, swing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. (laughs) And the dogs weren't, like, saying anything particularly original or funny that isn't just plainly obvious about what was going on or, like... You know that we haven't seen in five hundred other dog movies, or, like or the, the Benji, tramp, the first that first Benji movie communicated wordlessly. Yeah, like all the stuff they were saying was just kind of obvious. I think what was great about the first two was like seeing how the kids perceived things goofily or just straight up incorrectly, and you know the comedy quote that comes with that. But this one, the dog was just like, "I want to have a home. I'm a fancy dog. We don't like each other." You know, like it was just very yeah. like. They were just kind of saying what was going on. Yeah, the only mildly cute thing I thought was uh, when when uh, Diane Keaton was asking uh, Rox what his name was, and he was like, "It's no." That they was, keep saying that was, no. That was the that was mildly cute. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They say that no was- all the time, so that must be it. <laughs> I, that was a, that was the only like slightly cute thing that I was like, "Oh, that's kind of mildly clever." Uh, living in a house with a two year old, we watch a lot of Homeward Bound, mm-hmm. and I really miss like the cuteness of those animals. Yeah. Uh, in this movie. What year was that? Was that this was after that? 93 maybe? Oh, oh same so year. Right oh my oh, god. Oh no wonder there's talking wait, 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 dogs in this don't movie. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. Let me check that. Let me I'm check looking, that. looking I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking. I was like if that's the case then it, Yeah. 93. Oh, wow. Then this movie needs to just wrap it up and go home. <laughs> Cuz Homeward <laughs> Bound is a masterpiece. It's, Clearly a it's really great. It's a really great movie. Yeah. yeah. Homeward Bound, to be clear. Oh, yeah. Homeward Bound, of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah, we really need to do that one sometime, but not next. I was going to say, that's a, that's a good, <laughs> if you guys are doing the dog thing, you might as well go down the Just the keep, keep the dog just movies just Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Eight Beethoven movies. This is what we're saddled with. I think there's only three Homeward Bounds, but I think they drop off dramatically after the first yes. one. I like Lost, the second Lost one. in San Francisco is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, okay, so we already talked about how Mikey is struggling with the existence or non-existence of Santa. And, mm-hmm. of course, because it's, as we've hypothesized contractually in every John Travolta contract, he must have a dance scene. So him Travolta and must dance. Kirstie Alley and the little girl decide to do a lip sync to the Chipmunks thing or whatever, which, by the way, the little girl had her own dance coach just for this, who was credited <laughs> in the credits of uh, her private dance coach. And she's very cute and it, you know, and it's funny, but I'm just like, man, if John Travolta was your dad, you'd probably be like singing would not and dancing would not work anymore. You'd just be like, <laughs> screw you. Stop get it. The F out of my room. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get more angry because they probably do this like, you know, three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did think that scene was really cute. That's- I was going to say, if that scene was dropped into a different movie, I feel like it would be quite like it was it. There was a lot to like about it. It just mm-hmm. didn't work because of the rest of the movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, like that's it, it. That was the scene that was the closest in line with the chemistry and charisma of the two leads and the, and everything else that was happening with this franchise. I would say it's the only glimmer of hope that you see in this movie uh, as 
compared to the rest of the franchise. That one, uh, that one actually upset me a little bit because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that song. Because it's the chipmunks. Yeah, that song is like our our family's like main like like coming down the stairs at Christmas. Like my parents oh. are like they hit play on that song. They're like, all right, come down, and that is like our main thing. And then that we let the chipmunks. So play they didn't the rest do it right. Uh, yeah, so I was just like, no, Travolta, get out of my Christmas memories. Uh, so yeah, I was like, blasphemy. But um, oh, when you can finally go okay. back to have Christmas with your family, you can do that dance with Gemma and like yeah, her up and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they played they they did play that song over our Zoom Christmas while we were opening presents this year. Aww, aww, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, God damn it, with that scene, so. I didn't like it, but I get it. It was, I, I mean, I guess it was somewhat cute. I, but. I it worked. Also, you needed something like that to, and this is not having rewatched the first two, but like Travolta's character is so helplessly hapless that like <laughs> you, you, like you have to have him do something that ridiculous and endearing. Otherwise it's like, no one is this, no one is this much you. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. the character yeah. is too much. Um, so it's like, it has to be to the max or something I, I don't know yeah he's kind of a doofus in this movie more more so than the like, like the last hard. movie he was like an asshole and this one he's like oh, i didn't have any idea she was hitting on I, me what? a goddamn idiot well no yeah. not, not only that is that like he calls from multiple phone booths where it's clear later in the movie where there's a phone on the plane <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> also i do i take issue with my hometown being a punchline in all movies where he's like, <laughs> I'm in Paris. I'm here. I'm in Reno. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. It didn't even make the trailer. It was cut out of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm in what? Dallas. <laughs> how is it? How is it that he becomes like this, like super just kind of idiot doofus? Like, is it just because he lost his job? Like if he wasn't this way in the last movie, like what, what are we, what, what is that? New writers. <laughs> he was kind of a doofus, but like he was he was really endearing and nice and had good intentions and really cared about the kids. But he was smart. He in, wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like he seemed like he was dumb. And in the second movie, he raises the point about how having a corporate job would give him less time with the kids and that would be a real problem for him. And it's even a whole thing where like her parents are have set him up with a job and he's like, I don't want to do a job that like they set me up for. And then in this movie, they just throw all that away. <laughs> I was like, it's where are you going that, with this? <laughs> I mean, putting aside the fact that like clearly nobody would be able to interact with that woman and not it's like it's totally unbelievable that he wouldn't have understand what's going on. But, yeah. But also like now that you're saying what he was like in the previous two films, it's like what what happened there with like the plot? Like I don't I really don't get it now. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the part about him, you know, having to work to support the family, especially when she doesn't have a job and like hating, you know, being away from his kids and stuff like I guess that part I kind of was like, I buy it because like it's really hard. That's a really hard decision. I mean, I know there were times where my parents went through stuff like that, you know, where it was kind of like we can't be there as much as we want to be. So I felt bad for him, but yeah, it was like, how do you not see what this lady is doing? Like she's literally doing no work. She's only hitting on you. <laughs> yeah. And that is yeah. like her one purpose in she's, life. 
She's wearing a trench coat with no bra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while you meet, while while she, your wife meets you on the runway again for some reason because we have to run to the airport every time. <laughs> and she buys you clothes. Like, come on, man, come on. And also, not- I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's a scene where he's wearing this insane blazer and like the mother-in-law and his wife are just like, my God, he looks amazing. She must have bought from and it's the dumbest jacket it's I've like ever seen. It's like neon blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fluorescent blue. <sighs> I, I was just going to say too, like this lady, even though she's our villain and she sucks, like she's not even a real human because like yeah. if you really were this successful business lady and you wanted to have an affair or have a boyfriend, like why are you going to go for this random old guy that has a <laughs> wife and kids? Like there's so much other, you know, there are so many other people and well, like I could see if they had some great connection and then she was like obsessed with them, but it, there really wasn't any particular reason that she likes John Travolta instead of any other person in the world. stunning good looks. (laughs) (laughs) And she makes a point of being like, I was on to you from the start. (laughs) Even even if she has a thing for him, she her plan to like culminate this is terrible. Like she's just like, I know I'll I'll lure him away from his family on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Stupid. That's hot. (laughs) <laughs> she clearly thought she was going to win because otherwise, why would you do it on that date? Yeah, because <sighs> because she's not a real person to Elis's point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, fair. who could resist this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's got his own Jeff Goldblum laugh moment. Yeah. In this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really bad. Uh, <laughs> So we did mention uh, that uh, Kirstie Alley gets a job as a mall elf with a Santa because she loses her job at the accounting firm (gasps) and decides, well, I certainly couldn't go. And her mom has the power to get people audited, (laughs) but not the power to give her just another accounting job. Right. It seemed like it wouldn't be that hard. If she was that good, then just why start pri- just start your own practice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have well, like, like, all my clients. She mentions all her clients. <laughs> and she sp- they specifically leave in the whole explanation that she didn't lose her job because she's not good at it. Like they left right. in like a whole line to explain this, but she's gonna be a mall elf. Like, <laughs> she's and- like, you're the best accountant and every so you're the most expensive, so we had to let you go. And it's just like, okay, well, I'll just take all my clients with me then and then live a happy life yeah well, you'll get there's like non-compete you know things sure. I mean, yeah, no but. I, yes absolutely but like mall santa like mall <laughs> that's, that's, that's so far at least be doing the bookkeeping of the department store <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah there's a lot in between mall elf and like best accountant ever like, <laughs> yeah. like accountant who's too good to keep her job <laughs> It makes no sense other than, hey, it's a Christmas movie. Gotta have a, an elf. Stupid. I Yeah, I loved, like, so this multiple dream sequence, this cross-cut dream sequence that we were talking about, where, like, both of their jealousy is so... In, I mean, well, hers makes complete sense because, like, he's flying around alone with, like, this 30-year-old woman who's constantly openly hitting on him. <laughs> but then his counterpoint is, like... Well, like the son that I love dearly was made from an affair, and I'm going to throw that in your face. 
Yeah. Pretty messed up. Cameo, uh, George Seagal cameo in this one that I was not expecting. <laughs> George Seagal dance cameo. <laughs> yeah. He has like no lines almost, but he's just <laughs> yeah. like. He's like, you're just going to dress like Hugh Hefner and dance the tango. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Also, not to get in the weeds here, but did the top of like, the sleeve of the dress of her dress, Kirstie Alley's dress in that sequence, like, fit really weird It was so ill. Like, it was, like, bad. Like, it wasn't tight enough. Or I just felt like, wait, you're supposed to be so glam. Like, this dress should have looked great on you. And I thought she looked not great. Yes. <laughs> the second dress was good once she transformed in the dream. Yes. But the first dress was, like, almost right, but, like, why is this wrong? Like, I just, it didn't work for me. It needed right, to be belted. It, it was, it was ostensibly supposed to be the sexier dress of like the evil, like I want to <laughs> fuck Santa, but my sure, the, sure, father, sure. like, yeah, but like, it was very crow. Like it had like a bunch of feathers and like a weird <laughs> hat. It just felt like, like, just make her look like, make her look good. That's your job. Like, this is like, her <laughs> why is this? Why are you not dressing her well in this scene or something? I, th- I, I feel like they always made each other. Well, we usually only ever saw like Kirstie Alley's version of John Travolta in these dream sequences, but he always looked ridiculous in those two. Like they never like he looked good and he's always smoking yeah, a yeah. cigar. Like, is he always trying to smoke in real life or something? So that she, when she <laughs> thinks he's off doing whatever, he's just smoking nothing, a cigar. nothing shows corruption <laughs> like a cigar. And uh, he, I, I feel like John Travolta looks a little haggard in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's getting older already. <laughs> he is. I mean, maybe uh, they're just going for it. Speak, speaking to, like, the costume, too, maybe they're just going for, like, hey, these are supposed to be just, like, average middle-aged parents who are tired and, like, <laughs> you know, like, maybe. They're, they're going for realism, you know? They're going for realism for the words. For the dream for yeah. three months for the and dream multiple sequence. dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Unrealistic movies ever made, yes. I, uh, well, I, uh, speaking of speaking of realism, you know how when you're sure that your partner's having an affair that you bring the entire family up. <laughs> I mean, to, it, to me, it seemed the other way. Like she was so sure that he wasn't having an affair that she decided to drive the whole family and like, quote, you know, save him because she found out that the lady had lied about their location. Right. Oh, I didn't get that really? at That's all. What you thought? I didn't get that at all. I thought, I thought she too. was going. She was going to confront him. No, I, I and got then almost killed her entire family <laughs> from exposure with the car being broken. No, no, because she makes the phone call, finding out that the county guy doesn't even have a cabin. So that's how she knew yeah. that. Yeah, and the mom gives her like a speech, being like, "Dude, this guy's not cheating on yeah. you. Like, come on." I'm pretty sure like, she oh, knew yeah. before. Yeah, she I went. thought she she was going to like <laughs> save him or find him so that they could have Christmas with him. Yeah, that's what I got too. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I, I thought she was just I thought she was so... going to be like, fuck this guy. I'm going to go confront you him. guys missed an entire scene of the movie. <laughs> then why would she bring the presents and the dogs? You know, yeah, exactly. like, that's a weird decision. No, you guys missed a key moment. Like a scene that would have fit perfectly within the rest of the movie. No, <laughs> you guys fell asleep during the, the Conti drunken secretary scene or whatever. Yeah. Where but she was that, like, what? That scene is where she realizes that, that she's been lied to. Yeah. Yeah, but she realizes that the lady lied to right. John Travolta. Yeah. What makes you think that that's what she thought? Yeah. Because of the speech, the heartfelt talk between her and <laughs> yeah. her mom, where she realizes that he's really not cheating on her. It's just her own insecurities. Yeah. And I, I don't thought, think she would bring before, the presence again. That's before again. that phone call, is it not? I yeah. Mean, 
And then that's the why mom she starts just, calling. But, but like the mom, like kind of like fucks up where she's just like, uh, no, well, no, like in that case, he wasn't cheating. Like, I'm sure he's not cheating. Like, well, I'll call the secretary. And then she's like, there's not even a cabin. And she's like, oh, no, for sure. He is. Also, I feel like if you were really in that situation and your husband like called and then you found out that what he called and told you was a lie, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that. I'm going to believe him. About, like, I don't, I, I feel like it's like a lot for you. Yeah, but she's going to murder him. <laughs> she had a thing, I, she had a thing against that lady the entire time. So I feel yeah. like she would be more apt to think that that lady is lying to her husband. This than, is insane to me. I don't think I missed anything. I, I, oh, wow. Okay. If there were a more negative option, I would be taking it, but I'm, <laughs> I am so sure that Justin and I yeah. are right, that I am going with the more positive, like, and, you know, like why would you bring look. your kids to see that if she's going to go, like, I'm going to bring my kids to no. go confront my husband? So, so like, I was, no. I was watching this with, with friends and they were like, they remembered that part of it and, uh, a friend that I was watching it with uh, like over over zoom uh, was like yeah like well, there was a point where my mom was like oh I think my dad might be cheating and I was brought <laughs> oh no that's terrible yeah. <laughs> terrible I wouldn't do it um, I just yeah I, I think this division of like reads on this is very interesting um, and I totally can't see it your way she's not even watch it on Hulu <laughs> Is there different edits out there? Yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah, she yeah. be? Wouldn't no, she I, be totally pissed off when he shows up at the end and be like, "What the fuck?" Wouldn't she still be mad? She well, never finds out. I mean, yes. <laughs> if if the movie was playing out logically, yes. But logically, your way, <laughs> the way that you read the movie, <laughs> not the way we read it, the right way. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the dogs show up first, right? Only one dog. Yeah. And then so they meet up afterwards. After they were like, we might have died in the car. So she was just happy to see him. <laughs> well, she wouldn't, yeah, but- wouldn't she still be like, you were fucking that girl I knew? Yeah. <laughs> I came here to yell at you. She wouldn't shoot. You think the near death experience just totally changed her mind, and now she's like, "Well, the movie didn't really a happy treat it like a near death experience." Although the wolves tacked multiple times, <laughs> it was a near death experience for that dog, man. I gotta say, like yeah. the there's quality no the of dog- the dog fight was pretty good. I, there's no way that dog would have won that. Fight. I thought he died no. for sure. <laughs> I, you no, know, he would not have won. But I'm saying, like the the stunt dogs did a wonderful. Yeah, job, it was also even clearly better than a different dog. <laughs> yeah. As soon as they start very, to fight, like totally different dog. <laughs> I was still just like, oh no, not the dog. You know, <laughs> even though I don't even like this dog, but but it very but also just harrowing. like being broken down in the cold like that is so fucking treacherous. Like, I was yeah, kind of I like this could be like misery. I just watched misery not too long ago, and it was like the exact same car crash. I was kind of like when that happened, I was like, why is the movie doing this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, it's like way too serious. Yeah, I'm like, the, I'm like, yeah. how are they going to get out of this? And like, why is this happening? It's like this well, movie is two scenes away from Thomas Jane shooting the entire family in the head. <laughs> when Kirstie Alley gets back in the car and the dog is still fighting, I'm like, wow, you're letting your children watch this dog die like because that's what's about to happen like I get that maybe she was so scared of the wolf but I'm like you're just letting your dog die you're not even like putting up a fight like at least throw <laughs> something at it you know like I like I that know. uh you know the the uh they continued down the road of getting like the worst voice actors to do any of the non-main characters mm-hmm. oh, God. and uh there's a part when he's fighting the, the wolf where he's like uh I laughed really hard when this happened yeah. the tail 
<laughs> My tail. I was like, was that, was that wolf so tough? I don't know. When he talked like that. My tail. <laughs> oh, God. So funny. So funny. Uh but um, yeah, I did. I did think it was funny that they brought back the whole beeper thing, which was like a weird. The moment yeah. when his beeper went off and it like freaked all the dogs out, and then that's what caused the wolves off at the end. Yeah. Weird. Chekhov's beeper. Great writing. <laughs> also, like, why wasn't she worried that they were gonna die by just sitting in the car? I don't know. <laughs> well, because the dogs were going to save the day. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. But they but they would have died. Right? Just sitting in the car. It was like, so- isn't it? It's better to like at least get up and stand on the road, right? So a, another passing car might see you. I mean, in general, I feel like they overplayed the hand of like, I mean, they clearly needed to have some sort of crisis to make the dogs be the heroes. But you didn't have to have the crisis be so extreme that, like, death was... It's not just that they crashed in the snow in the middle of nowhere, but then they also add wolves. Like, like, the the crash is dire enough, you know what I mean? And there's a meltdown of the nuclear power plants. Yeah. It would have been dramatic enough if she had just been like, we're crashed, and then she was just like, our only hope is to, like, send the dogs out to go find other people, you know? Like, that would have been scary enough because it was freezing cold and, like, I just thought, car. Yeah, I thought it was children. really, I thought it was really dark when she was like, "All right, uh, just just sing, sing a happy Christmas song and sing as fast as you can." And then, like, once she she goes outside the car and sees like that, there's nothing she can do. She's just out there dancing, trying to make the kids happy while they're dying inside the car. Yeah. She's like, "What's that on the ridge?" It's <laughs> a like, sniper. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wow, this is getting pretty dark." Okay, I don't know about this, but they all survive at the end, and Santa's real. So there you go. Santa is real. We can confirm. <laughs> it's I mean, undeniably real. Those forest service guys were pretty clutch, though. Like they were, it was very good of them to follow the dog, sure. save them, then take them back, let them spend the night in their cabin, and help keep up the illusion of Santa for the children. <laughs> yeah. And they had cookies and eggnog in the kitchen. Yeah. Which, if there's How- a kid that likes eggnog, I'm going to be like, I don't believe you. <laughs> How close did this movie get to being sued by Disney? <laughs> I don't know. For their lady in the trampiness. Oh. Yeah, that's why she doesn't eat Italian. She decides yeah. to go Chinese at the last second. Because I was like, they cannot eat Italian. Even I was like, they wouldn't dare. You know, like, and then thankfully they didn't. Uh, we haven't really talked about one of the more delightful details of this movie, and that is one Charles Barkley. <laughs> yes. Plus Charles Barkley. I actually really like that whole thread. I did I do too. I think it's amazing. Yeah, that yeah. that was like, you know, yeah, one of the cutest moments that the the girl, she's sitting in front of the TV like so intense and and then like we get to see in her mind that she's having this fantasy about like beating Charles Barkley. In, yeah, like she has like <laughs> on a one on one uh, basketball. Her favorite tape is like a taped NBA playoffs with the Suns and Charles Barkley. Yeah, and her favorite song is probably uh, How I Beat Shaq by Aaron Carter. 
<laughs> Which God. doesn't exist yet, but you know. It's obviously the Space Jam soundtrack. She has a basketball <laughs> <Yeah>. Jones. <laughs> I wish they had brought it back somehow in the end with the basketball stuff. And then I, of course, I wish that her mom had not been so uh, reductive, being like, why oh, do God. you like basketball instead of ponies and rainbows or whatever she said to her? And she's like, no, yeah. like, let her play basketball. She'll be yeah. amazing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, no, I really wish she dunked on some wolves at the end. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, is it? Yeah. No, she yeah, should go have ahead. got a basketball for Christmas and then thrown it at the wolves. Yeah. Um, it also ha- has to be some sort of child abuse to uh, make the that poor girl uh, do a transsexual joke. That yeah. was yeah. terrible. Uh, knock, knock. That was terrible. Who's there? The entire punchline is just the word transsexual. And I was like, what, what? is the punchline to that joke? I don't uh, I think that it was a, that was a kid saying a word that was unacceptable for most people at the time. Yeah, oh, okay. I, there wasn't actually anything yeah, after no. the who? No, she didn't say anything else. No, I know, but they didn't even oh. let her say transsexual who. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, ooh, kids say the darndest things. Like, I just, what a filthy yeah, word she just said. I felt really bad because it's, it's, it's truly awful. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I just imagine everyone uh, laughing in the theater for that. And I was like, nah. she's probably really ashamed, which is unfortunate that that would have happened, but. Child abuse. Child abuse. I mean, um, I don't know. Did you look up anything about the writer and the director? No. Uh, it's a different director. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. Yeah. No more Amy Heckerling. She would not have allowed the CG sperm scene that we got or whatever that true, was. True. True. The animated sperm. That. <laughs> it's terrible. Dog sperm. Uh, I did look him up. Uh, gentleman director. He didn't do that many things, I don't think. No. You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. The movie was not successful. <laughs> and for Tom Robowski's uh, IMDb, says he's a screenwriter, producer, and director, best known for Look Who's Talking Now, Oops. Uh, Lover Boy, The Next Best Thing, and The Kiss. Uh, in 2006, the Hollywood Reporter reported that he was working on a film called Game Boys. Ooh. However, as of 2018, the project remains in development hell. Aww. Oh, because they were like, Game Boys don't exist anymore. <laughs> Figure out. <laughs> Call it something else. Oh, he Wee is married you. to the screenwriter for Mrs. Doubtfire, the reboot of the Thomas Crown Affair, Pay It Forward, and Hairspray. Pay It Forward, uh, famous for being uh, a film with shot at a Las Vegas high school. Mm, so he's the one riding coattails. Yep. Yep. <laughs> There's another hairspray connection too. Um, oh, Tabitha Lupian. Uh, I'll just do the child star check in now. Do it on this. Tabitha Lupian, who plays Julie, uh, she was in Hairspray as one of uh, Brittany Snow's uh, hench girls, like one of the two people that flanks her at all times. Um, and then I don't know. Did you guys recognize her from any other sequel rights movies? Sadly, no. Which How about one? Christmas movies. <laughs> oh no. One of the she's Cinderella the, stories? No. Ah. She's the little girl in the first Santa Claus that goes up to him in the park and just assumes that he is Santa and immediately demands uh ballet slippers. Oh, oh I did see that she was ballet girl, yes. Yes, nice. ballet slippers nice. girl. Yeah. Uh and she's continuously been acting and Canadian things and other small things uh, this whole time and she is currently filming a show or series about making movies so 
I don't, I don't know, but I think it's supposed to be clever because her the last name of her character is Foley in the hmm. thing <laughs> description. <laughs> yeah, um, and then okay, so like David Gallagher is. Or, oh, so, although, hold on, like Tabitha though, I thought for some reason her relationship with Christy Alley was like really, really good, like way better than any other like relationship that we've seen with the kids have with the adults so far. She just was very affectionate to her and like seemed to be good at acting like that was her mom i don't know hmm. you didn't think so maybe they fell in love on set <laughs> no i thought she was i thought she was good i thought that that she was um it was remarked in the people that i was watching with that she was not the cutest what? movie baby um, i thought she was cruel. but cruelty yeah that's messed up <laughs> but i uh, know i thought that that they were very good yeah um, so David Gallagher obviously becomes famous with uh, Seventh Heaven, um, which. Oh, OK. Because I was like, well, I don't know why he's famous. <laughs> oh, you didn't recognize okay. him. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, he's on Seventh Heaven. He is Simon. And, um, you know, just thinking about Seventh Heaven, like reminded me that like a story about a family that was religious, like was just regular that like everybody watched even if you weren't really religious back then and like it kind of just made me think of like how now like all of the religious media is specifically like for that audience only and it's like so far out there because i was like breakthrough Paxter Camden never brought anybody back to life out of the ice or, you know, like he was just doing their little small town stuff. And obviously he turned out to be like a nasty molester, the actor. Um, Yeah, I was just like, is this the point where we just make a hard pivot to true crime and we talk about that case? (laughs) I mean, that's the same case and he sucks. And that's why I don't show the show anymore. But like, I totally used to watch it all the time, even though I was not really involved in any like church. Stuff. It was just like it was another also hard to show. avoid in that yeah. time. I mean, it was like really, really everywhere. Yeah, and so that show was on the WB at the time, and um, when pokemon movies started coming to america warner brothers was a distributor Mm -hmm. and so there was so much like synergy and i don't know if i've talked about this before on the podcast but i won a postcard mail-in contest uh to ktla5 which is wb to go to the premiere of pokemon the movie 2000 in westwood and i was able to like actually find a youtube video of this but i didn't have time to actually like scour every shot to see if you could see me in the audience (laughs) um but it was like a con- a pre-show concert with like Youngstown and Nobody's Angel performing their Pokemon songs Whoa. and like go ahead Tyler oh no 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 I was just gonna say I also won uh through my local <laughs> television station a preview screening to the Power Rangers movie oh that we did talk oh. about and I Justin don't disappoint us what through your what movie through your local television station did nothing. you win nothing a loser. Uh, I invited uh, I invited Sarah Michelle Geller to my high school graduation. I think and got and got one of those like fake postcards back. <laughs> oh my god! 
you still but have said Facebook? I never knew uh, this before. Probably somewhere. Uh, my parents. I bet. I bet it's back in my house. Oh my god! Uh, my parents. Wow. Get Kathy to find it. <laughs> I uh, this. I'm yeah. disappointed. I thought that, of course, all three of us movie nerds wrote to our local television stations <laughs> and made it to some dumb premiere. <laughs> I wish. So, okay, wait. The reason that I even bring this up is because David Gallagher was one of the special guests that mm. they like tried it out on stage to be like yeah pokemon is like really cool and then like just like walked out the- this is like a tv <laughs> special too but the whole thing was hosted by kel like kel okay. mitchell yep. and he before he became a priest and of course my poor parents had driven us to this concert from placentia to westwood and had to you know stand there in the crowd with us or whatever and um <laughs> Kel, for some reason, announces like David Gallagher, and he's just like, Yo, 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 David Gallagher, yo, yo, David Gallagher. Like, he says it like over and over again, which, of course, then caused my dad, probably to this day, if David Gallagher came up in conversation, but for at least a decade after, to always be like, Yo, 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 it's David Gallagher. Like, every time there was anything with like Seventh Heaven or anything about him, like, that that was like an oft repeated line. That's great. Of obscure t- television special uh, <laughs> in our family. Oh my um, god, David Gallagher is evolving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I cannot hear this kid's name without hearing like yo yo yo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did go to USC. We were there. We overlapped by two years, but I never saw him. And. I'm not sure if it was him or the famous Jet Jackson, but one of them supposedly dressed in all white in the time and was in a cult and wouldn't talk to anybody. But I can't remember which one it was. Yikes. I I hadn't heard the phrase the famous Jet Jackson in... Yeah, he unfortunately uh, took his own life, but uh, David Gallagher is still kicking. He graduated from USC, I think. Uh, he most most of his credits in the past ten years or so are the voice of Riku in eighty five million Kingdom Hearts sequels <laughs> and games. Um, because wow. that series is very good about always asking the same people back to do the voices. Um, even for the like the game where they're in it for two seconds or whatever. Um, and then he's currently in pre production on a cop show that he is the star Eighth of. I think. Heaven. Eighth. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the eighth they, circle of hell. They found no. another one, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my my David Gallagher uh experience. Nice. That's so funny. Is there anything else with this movie? Like I feel like that we didn't talk about anything, but also we kind of talked about everything. Yeah, I mean I do love that we like barely talked about the dogs because it's like that they're not they're the important. b plot yeah well we like, need to hear like from megan uh as the parenting expert for our podcast um <laughs> what what she thought of uh john travolta and christy alley's parenting. i need to pay my dues for being here <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah justin you're not a parent get the fuck yeah, out of here as the owner of a cat what do you think about these two dogs i mean i the whole having only one child currently uh the whole having a pet thing is super clutch and that uh, <laughs> relationship is adorable and he talks about our son talks about our cat bogart all the time um yes. and that relationship is fully intact and they are fully playmates so that is like a real thing um i mean i found john travolta to be just heinously unbelievable <laughs> as i've already stated i don't know what i i like have like a weird kind of soft spot for kirstie alley in general i don't know why or where that comes from but like it's like i, I find her to be likable I find her to be likable in this movie. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like her wardrobe was like weird overall, overall, <laughs> including the dress thing. But in general, it was, I know that it was a weird, like that's a, the year, you know, okay, she's dressing for like her age in like the early 90s, like whatever it is we're dealing with. But like, I, I, her wardrobe, I didn't get. She also, it's not like she weighed like a million. I know she had the whole like weight thing later, but like that was not, she wasn't huge in this movie. Right. You know, she could have just Yeah, I think she was still doing cocaine at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so God. like, I just, uh, I had the whole thing like didn't make sense to me wardrobe wise for her, but, <laughs> or for, or for uh, Travolta for that matter. Yeah. That, but, that tie, the light up tie. No, they're all like, dressed insanely. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, was kind of, and then like, to, then she's like, when she dresses him for the job interview and he's in like that pretty hideous chocolate brown suit. Yeah. And it's like, why, like, why would she choose that? Like, it's not 1979 or even like, <laughs> yeah. like where, where does this like gross chocolate brown suit come from? And why he was also that? wearing a normal suit. Just give him a normal yeah, tie like, or just like, don't wear the tie. Like, what's <laughs> happening here in this? Um, it wasn't even like weird. weird 90s fashion. It was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think weird '90s fashion would have been more fun and more flattering potentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I also think, Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say that, like, I know I said this in the very beginning, but the whole like opening scene, which I thought there was gonna be more of, like the our life is crazy with kids, even though I know that it was gonna be about pets. Um, but it was that was kind of limited to that opening sequence, and it was like it felt like theater, like, like in a, in a really forced way, like, okay, you have two kids and it's bath time. Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't like, okay. Like we're, we're like a this. Roman God was going to descend from the rafters and be like, it is now bath time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, just, it just felt like, okay, we're do we're having this like funny, like the part where the water comes out of the, of the, you know, the, the camera stationary and the water like pops out of the bathroom and like splashes on the floor. It's like, this is poorly done and like feels <laughs> like a gimmick. And like, I just were do I just wasn't, it just didn't work for me. Um, and I would have liked that to be like more real or more funny, which uh, bath time is crazy. And we only have one two year old and it's like a wet, wild, crazy <laughs> naked kids running around time. But I thought the opening was kind of weak. Yeah. Uh, we're not watching cheaper by the dozen here, you which know, I think, I- <laughs> <laughs> which I think also has sequels, but yeah. And remakes. It's insane to me that Travolta did this either concurrently or directly after Pulp Fiction. What? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That is mind blowing. That's yeah. a mind blowing thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he like felt like he had, like he had to do like this? Why did this? Ha- how did that happen? It's very, I weird. feel like it might've, it, it almost had to have shot before. Like it almost had to have like, I feel like that the release of it, they must've done it earlier. And then like, they were still messing with it. And then he got wildly popular again. And they're like, Oh yeah, let's just like, let's release it. Honestly, it, it might, it might also answer some of the issues of like why the plot is so weird and why like yeah. the certain certain aspects of like the dogs are so like weirdly subjugated and like things don't and just completely well. separate movie yeah. yeah yeah it just it does feel kind of like they went back and tried to fix it yep you know like let's make this a better movie we'll we'll pay for diane keaton that'll do it or something yeah it almost <laughs> feels like it could have just been like b-roll from the second movie <laughs> <laughs> they made into a third movie somehow yeah 
But hey, they got to try to cash in on that Christmas money. Christmas but, but the movie, money. the movie did terribly. I think it it made ten million on a twenty two million budget or something. Woo! So, ooh. yeah. I, I, I read in the uh, um, the Wikipedia that it was up against Nightmare Before Christmas that yeah. that weekend it came out. So, yeesh, yeah. But speaking of Christmas, I mean, Justin, you got to take us through this music thing. The what music? Oh. Uh, what music thing are you talking about? This music video. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the Wikipedia talks about how like they uh, David Gallagher and what was the girl's name? Uh, Tabitha Lupi- Lupian. Tabitha Lupian uh, did like some promo music video with this French with this French artist named Jordy. And I was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta look this up and see what the heck this is about. The, the song is called uh, "It's Christmas Saint Noel." And, uh, you know, a promotional video for the film. What are you talking about? Yeah. Promotional. Apparently it, it rolled over the credits in some cases or something, but it certainly is not part of this Hulu version that we watch. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely a promotional thing. Cause like also, uh, like Kirstie Alley and John Travolta are in it. Like, uh, very oddly, like they're watching everything happen in a dollhouse or something. I don't know. It's really weird. Um, what, where did it clock in the TRL countdown? Yeah, good question. Well, okay. <laughs> the, the, the the thing on Wikipedia, all it says is French singer Jordy performs along with David Gallagher and Tabitha Lupian. And I was like, assuming it was like some, you know, established adult singer. And I will go and find the video on YouTube. And it's like a child singing like th- this, you know, <laughs> weird, terrible, like, I don't know, electro disco Christmas song. David Friend- Gallagher is way older than him and the girl <laughs> might be. Yeah. And but I guess so this guy was a European one hit wonder as a four year old or something. <laughs> did, he, did he win Eurovision as a four year old? It was just really funny because the video is happening and, you know, this other kid is there and I'm like, oh, they've got another kid singing like uh, that's cute. And then I'm like waiting for the actual artist to show up and I'm like, Oh no! Oh no! It is the kid. <laughs> the kids. The kids of the world doll set does come to life, though. Yeah, it's this. Oh it's very weird. The kid has magic powers where he's like making the presents come to life and bigger sizes, like a huge teddy bear. I don't know. We're, we're gonna post it. We're gonna post it. Yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. It's very strange. Very strange. Uh, the I was like the other music thing that I that I thought was really funny in the movie. Um, that I was like hoping somehow they had found a song. <laughs> There's that sequence about the mud and they play some sure. song that's like mud. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mud. Woo. And I was like, man, what song did they find that people are singing mud in the chorus? But, uh, must've been something that the composer wrote. Sadly, <laughs> I was like, I want to put the mud song Shocking. at the end of the credits. <laughs> well, it's like they licensed so much music in these movies that I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe they found some random song. <laughs> They didn't run out About of Beach mud. Boys money, though. No more Beach Boys money. I did, you know, the, when the when the movie credits started, and I was like, "Wow, they lost the music budget and upped the animated credits budget." <laughs> um, I thought for sure that there were going to be no licensed songs, but then uh, there are, like, you know, licensed music, uh, big big yeah, songs. Christmas, like the shit uh, famous one. Yeah, but they so. just they don't come in over the credits, which they did no, in the no, past. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there literally oh, no. anything else? <laughs> I don't know. I just can't believe that, uh, you know, uh, Tyler, you and Megan thought that this was a gritty revenge film. And uh, <laughs> Eliz and I were seeing it for the true family Christmas you time. You missed all those answers of her loading bullets into her revolver. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're like, I'm gonna get that. Oh, well, okay. It's I- really like supposed to be like this, like it for as family friendly as it should be for what an idiot you know Travolta <laughs> is and how like G rated they play down the affair stuff. Why? Why make a PG thirteen film then? Like, why have it be a PG thirteen? Because they film? all were like that. Yeah, they all and had then, like. Can we? Can we talk? Like, so the thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, and if it's like for kids, like fix the Santa plot line so that it's like actually cute, like so mm. that it actually makes sense that Santa is real, as opposed to like. But you already established that Santa's for sure fake, and then you have this like thing at the end to be magical. That's a joke. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like all three of the movies have this weird situation where it's like, I feel like it's being marketed as a, like a family kids movie. But then when you watch it, you're like, Oh, it's all about sex and there's inappropriate jokes all over the place. Like, well, I don't know. All right, Michael Eisner. Honestly, at this point, like, I think the only reason they have to make it PG 13 is because of the animated sperm. Yeah, like yeah. back then it was probably like, even just the idea of sperm and eggs is like, Oh, PG thirteen, you yeah. know. Like, <laughs> can so. we can we just talk about the mechanics of uh, this cabin, this fuck cabin setup <laughs> um, that that the CEO they she has to fly there. She must be flown. They fly there. The driver takes them to <laughs> the cabin. <laughs> the cabin is far enough away from the airfield that. Travolta cannot walk there and cannot get any other cab, anything else there. She controls However, the weather. It is drivable from <laughs> New York City. <laughs> so his thing was like, I can't find any pilots. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's Christmas Eve. I can't get there. She could have just got a limo. Well, yeah, it would have been fine. <laughs> Maybe they didn't start in New York. No, come on. What Tyler's saying is 100% correct and ridiculous. I mean, wait, wait, were John Travolta and that lady in New York when she came up with the cabin? He was friends with all of the people in the airport. That's as if it was his home airport. airport. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm trying to I'm trying too hard to give them the benefit. I I really appreciate your valiant effort to make this film work, though. But then then later, Justin and I are still right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Wikipedia agrees with you. I will say that. Uh-huh. Um, okay. The the when the dog shows up, he's like, oh, I just could have walked down to the Seven Eleven. It's like there was a fucking Seven Eleven Travolta. That was a joke. You just walk down there. It was a joke. <laughs> he said that as a joke. Yeah, okay, that was a joke. I do think that like uh, one of the first things I would do if someone's like the phones are out, I would probably check the phone cord. Yeah. But he misses that fact. Uh, I also love how like like he has one layer of defense where he's just like, I'm so dumb, like I'm suspicious. And then she's like, Are you? And he's like, No, I'm not. Like, let's dance now. Yeah, why would you dance with if it's a vacation home? It would not be that weird for them to unplug the phone, like when they if they were leaving for however long. So yeah, of course you would check to make sure things are plugged in and like uh, y- yeah, there's no way I'd just be waiting there. I'd be like, well, all right, well, I'm going to be walking to wherever I need to get to. <laughs> also, she clapped on the fireplace. How'd she know that? She- <laughs> How'd yeah. she know that this could happen in this other guy's cabin? You know, come on. Travolta As we two. established, it's her <laughs> fuck cabin. True. Um, speaking of sexual chemistry, these two dogs <laughs> had no sexual chemistry. Uh, and their voice actors even less. Because, like, there's no way that Diane Keaton and Danny DeVito are ever getting together, and the two dogs <laughs> portraying it did not uh, make it believable at all. Like, it, I think... 
and it's like it's almost like unclear too except for like they sort of mention it and like it would have been so much better if they just made the dogs like friends that came to appreciate each other like as brother and sister or something like that you know like because it was it made no sense for the dogs to have a romance i mean all, again it feels like it's a separate movie that they shot after they had this footage well, also the have enough time with the dogs to even know like what their personalities are to see if they yeah. really vibe you know <laughs> yep yep <laughs> one's fancy because it's a poodle yeah. Also, like, who wants to watch a poodle run around for a whole movie? Sorry. No one. Saying that. No, what's the dog from... Uh, <laughs> which movie is that? Oliver? Oliver and Company? Aristocats? Who has the fancy poodle dog? I yeah, Oliver. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, would have preferred it. I know it has to be fancy, but, like, well... Yeah. Well, Tyler... How many unplugged fax machines would you give <laughs> Beethoven nine? Look who's talking now. <laughs> unplugged fax machines. Oh God. Uh, I'm going to give it three unplugged fax machines. I found it to be tedious and re- somehow a- and redundant while also being unwhimsical. <laughs> is a very good word for what this movie is. <laughs> you heartless best. It, 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 really, it really captures the clunkiness of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna like, I had to be like more generous because I gave the other one a five, I think, and I think this is better than the second one. I'm what? sorry. It's Whoa. better. Uh, Leonard Malton agrees with me. No, no. <laughs> um, he but, doesn't know. Like, it. It's definitely, I think it's even even the, neither is good but this one at least didn't really like offend me whereas hold on i still have it written down from last week the last week where the guy walks in the room and says i hate these damn orientals for no reason right, okay yeah. right this yeah. at least didn't have like random unnecessary racism they got rid of the gun-toting brother and you know the kids are cute um the i i think the 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 peril or the emotional journey that these kids have to go through is like at least an interesting like plot you know that he has to go through like three denim jackets yeah uh whereas the last one was just like a random assortment of like stupid stuff and so i think this movie was improved by bruce willis not being in (laughs) no not really but like at least it made sense as a movie i guess and it wasn't openly racist that's fair yeah so I, I guess I have to give it uh, six Bergen fax machines because we think we gave it five. I wow. gave the other one five, wow. and then we gave the first one seven. Dang. Uh I'm gonna have to agree with Tyler on this That's one. That's one of the most shocking reviews you would I've ever heard watch from you. The second one again, then watch this. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, God, I think no so. Way, man. This one's longer. At least the second one's short, which is great. Uh, this one's <laughs> longer, boring. Um, Christmas for no reason. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh... Eternal Christmas for no reason. <laughs> and like their relationship is inverted and set back five years for no reason. Yeah, I just like, I feel like the magic is gone in this movie and uh, audiences agree. I don't care what Leonard Maltin thinks. Real. Audiences agree with me. They didn't turn out for this one and neither will I. Uh, yeah, so I think three, three unplugged fax machines. <laughs> That I'm just gonna trust her unplugged and never check. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, what about you? 
Uh, I definitely can't go higher than three unplugged fax machines. Um, I, I, I feel like unwhimsical is like a perfect word to describe this movie. It should have been, it should have been cute. It should have been a little magical with some whimsy and, and it was none of these things. I feel like they, there was, there was probably better footage shot and then it all didn't make it in or something like there. There's no way someone could have intentionally created this. That's a charitable. Uh, <laughs> so you're opinion. saying that the B roll that they literally cut and left on the cutting room floor. If you just ascend assembled it randomly would be better than this. Movie. It's not their fault. They left out the best scenes. I just know it. Um, it wasn't, it was, it was not good. It was bad. It was bad. I mean, I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> By the way, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is a difference of 32 or 29. So I feel like that is statistically insignificant and it's like a wash. It might as well be an aberration. Yeah. Doesn't it yeah. have a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes? Well, the critics, because I don't think any critics have reviewed it. <laughs> but the audience score is uh, 29%. I will tell you that. As opposed to. 32% for look who's talking it's to It's so uninteresting that there's not even a common sense media uh, article about it. So <laughs> no. the, the parents uh, don't even watch it. May contain dog sperm. <laughs> yeah. You'd think that there would be an article about this one, but there's not. Well, uh, that's going to be the end of look who's talking. Uh, do we have some franchise wide thoughts? If you guys invite me back for movie number four, I want to do a first movie next time. Yes. Like, I want to be in a good movie. <laughs> hey, you were for, you were step up to the streets, right? Like, that is, that well, is okay, a that amazing was a solid movie. movie That's but true. I worked on that. that was, okay, fair. But, uh, yeah, Bridget Jones, the whatever one I did, and this one, that, that's so for me. You're on the but, baby one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, resident yeah. baby expert. <laughs> I do feel like the first movies are usually better, but not always. Some, yeah, this could have been good. We have no idea. We didn't well, know it was a Christmas we movie. Them, yeah, we had a decent idea. Uh, that's why this is a valuable <laughs> podcast because you never know. That exactly. said, I think you sometimes kind of maybe. Can <laughs> Yeah. Just be happy you don't you don't have to be on for everyone. We, <laughs> we should have known when they put a question mark at the end of the title. Look who's talking now. <laughs> no, I didn't even <laughs> notice even quite that. Sure. There's not a question mark. I was. Joking. Oh, I was like, it's an exclamation point. <laughs> dog pod. Look who's it. talking oh, now. No. Yeah. Uh, joke. Uh, well, oh yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this series. I don't know. Watch the first one and just stop. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would rank them, yeah, just in the order they go. <laughs> it's like. No, this one is better than the second one. I'm sorry. You're out I did not care at all about the brother and the friend. Does it say something stuff. good about the franchise that I'm kind of curious to go back and watch the first one after, uh, after having this call? It's super interesting with uh, Amy Heckerling and the movies that she's made uh, and doing Clueless after this and kind yeah, of having the sure. same people. Um, so Especially, like just that and some of the dream sequences are really fun in the first movie for sure. In the second movie, less so and not at all in the third movie. Um, I mean, if you like, uh, Kirstie Alley, then like the, she's way better in the first movie. Yeah. The first the, one the, is the best. The first movie is legitimate. And classic. there's some true comedy um, in that one, which I, yeah. With George Seagal right, and well, stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back and rewatch it. I think it's also on Hulu. So there you go. It's, yeah, although, it's although it does have some insane elder care plot lines, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Abe Bogota, they should have brought him back. I'm still yeah. saying that. <laughs> 
he was around. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, like I said, these all are on Hulu, but uh, like me, if you watch them on Hulu, Hulu will be convinced that you want to watch 90s uh, children's <laughs> comedies for oh. you know the next month. Or <laughs> what whatever. you get served up? Oh, I don't have blocked it out. I scrolled, <laughs> scrolled by and was like, nope. no. Um, but yes, uh, you should email us because we need to know which franchises we should do for, you know, later this year uh, at sequel rights at gmail.com and find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at sequel rights. And please plug in your fax machine and rate and review us on the Apple podcast store app. Yes, I don't know the terminology, uh, but Faxes. five stars goes a long way. Uh, helps other people find the podcast or just tweet out your favorite episodes or share them, whatever social media that you use. Faxes your reviews. That's honestly the fastest way to get them to us. That's the fastest <laughs> way to get it to us. That's the fastest way to get it to us. <laughs> um, do we even know what we're doing next? Have no. We- I, I didn't. Yeah. So it's open. We do. It's yeah. open. It's wide. The open. lines are open. <laughs> Megan, thank you for being here. Absolutely. I want to put in a vote for Homeward Bound for later this year. All right. Yes. We just right. we need a break though from dogs. Yeah, no, from talking dogs. dogs. Yeah. Dogs. But when you're ready to go back, do Homeward Bound. Yeah. And then will Bogart may also make an appearance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. Well, thanks for uh taking this journey through the look who's talking series <laughs> with us. Uh, valiant listeners. Uh, we thank, thank you for looking at us while we talk. <laughs> you can't, they can't <laughs> see Listening? us. They can't see us. They're looking at the progress bar of the episode. Being no, like, when's it going to be only, over? <laughs> only psychopaths do that. Look back at the road. Don't look at your phone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. what we leave you with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. I hear those sleigh bells jingling, jing, jing, jingling, jing. Morning, lovely weather for stay right together with me. Outside the snow is falling and friends are falling. Come on, it's lovely weather for stay right together.